Blog Talk Radio. I have to say thank you to all our children from the sea island. Good evening, honey children from the Sea Island, the thing like that, and the Gullah Geechee Nation. Glad you, honey children, that yet we all across the world from we Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This year, the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Hostess this evening for this year Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station was sponsored by the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, where you know we know who we be, Gullah Geechee United, Gullah Geechee. Yeah, you know one thing, we know say, we glad for be free. We're so glad of that. Right, you We know, say, honey must take care of the root for healing tree. So this evening, while we the key uplifting to living legacy and a pay ancestral homage, we thought it not robbery. For dedicate this your program to all the big daddy mama them, we great grandmama them, all of them women, learn we will delight from this year, see how I'm Learn how to how for Guano Jonah and make sure the family and thing are thing for Nyampon. Make sure that you know how for take giant thing for put them up. And make sure you know how for hold up one another in the family, everything, no matter what a client on the way. So this year, you know. We show my key honor to all of these go to get your man. We're there around the world. Where I was, the one what and cross over into the realm of the ancestors. And we know the Shayina one hundred cracky teeth about thing and talk about Omana thing. And where I was the talk about seeing the family. Plenty of time today, 
Oh, uh, but people who they do, they get other kind of other rest of things from alphabet and all that kind of thing they from the book for feed the children. But this year, we're not talking about that all, though. We're not talking about them who know how they took his hand down in his hand, throwing his seed, and then let the thing grow. And where it was, plant seed in the hand and the soul of his children. So, this year, we're going to crack with teeth for something when we started last week. And been a going on all last week. But when I am then probably nobody went thing like a daddy. Because plenty of the time, these are things that happen at the U.N. And seem like, don't get out, Jonah, to the rest of the people, but they are in the street. So we won't crack with teeth like a daddy. So all the hundred children are on staff. So I'm so glad once again to be here on the air with you during a time frame in which we've had a number of celebrations and commemorations going on within the United Nations. Now, last week on the program, you know that we talked to the folks from the Low Country Open Land Trust, and we talked a lot about land, and we talked about a fellowship dinner that we're going to have on John's Island at the Angel Oak Tree on the first Sunday in November from 1 o'clock to 5 p.m. to bring out all the family together to spend time around this tree, getting to know one another, to then open up and spread the tablecloth and then spread the table together. And want all folks to be there that day. It's going to be a good shouting time. But, you know, we couldn't talk about the strength of the roots that are in the Angel Oak, nor the strength of the roots of Gullah Geechee culture and tradition without talking about our mothers. First, the motherland, Mother Africa. The Igbo, Mandinka, Malinke, Yuleva, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Temni, Fiki, Bibio, and the numerous other African ethnic groups that make up our ancestry were in a place that is still one of the richest places for minerals in the world, one of the places that had some of the richest soil for farming and harvesting various types of crops in the world, and that is Mother Africa, Alkemulan. So when many of our ancestors were kidnapped and captured, they were captured because of the agricultural skills. However, that was not the only skill set they had. Many of them also had scientific knowledge that also bore fruit in terms of how to mine the minerals that they used for their own jewelry and adornments and various other things in the community and to create things from the blacksmithing skills that went along with the smelting of metal minerals, the ore and so forth, iron ore, but also those who had the ability to know when was the proper time to plant, when was the proper time to harvest. One might say they studied astrology, some might say they studied astronomy at this point in time. Nonetheless, whichever way you want to classify the terminology, these are things constituted as science. Now, I mention all of that to say, even during the transatlantic slave trade, the first sets of people that were largely captured in mass were the women. And this was because many of the women in the societies in West Africa were the ones who actually dealt with the harvesting and the planting. They were the ones that were actually out in the fields, and they are ones that when you go to many marketplaces today are the ones in the marketplaces in the motherland selling the goods. The men, a lot of times, that would be there are there to protect, and they are also the hunters 
Now, hunt, and some would say in some societies, hunter-gatherer societies. So you had the hunters that go out, and then you have the others, like the women who could go out and gather the herbs and gather the food and the vegetation. Well, this has continued here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. The role that women have played over the many years, I still see here today, where we have many farming, fishing women that are part of the Gullah Geechee Nation. You have many Gullah Geechee women who grew up, of course, knowing how to utilize guns and how to shoot, but the bloodthirstiness, as my mother might call it, is not so embedded that we want to just go out in the woods and hunt animals and, and shoot and kill them. So usually you find the hunting clubs dominated by men. There are women who are in hunting clubs. There are women who still do gullet deer hunting by horseback and so forth. You have that going on. But largely you will find the women being more of the harvesters from the land and from the waterway. The things that have always been done that was passed down by our foremothers, we still carry on in very similar environments that are non-urbanized environments, that are constituted as rural environments. So last week, when we started to talk about the angel oak and so forth, I thought I would just have a little time at the end of the broadcast to then acknowledge that on October the 15th, this was being celebrated in honor of rural women. It was the International Day for Rural Women. Many of you who are Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fans know that we did do our online tributes and provided a great deal of information concerning that. Well, my listeners didn't get a chance because we had such an in-depth discussion going on with the angel oak tree that the Spirit really led me to go ahead and just do this as a separate broadcast because there were so many links going on within last week. On the 15th, last Monday, we had International Day for Rural Women. Then on the 16th was World Food Day. And on the 17th was the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. Well, a thinking person would say, well, wow, all those different days and they all connect to the same issue? They sure do. Because if you're talking about the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty, of course World Food Day would coincide with that, all right? Because part of an issue that's always a part and parcel to poverty is where you see people not having enough food, all right, not enough food to sustain their health and their strength to even be able to go out and harvest or plant or work. And so this eradication of poverty also deals with the economic dynamics. Whenever we farm and we begin harvesting, it's amazing to us how my family sees people who we hadn't seen before, who we've done taught, we've done on the cooling board and things like that. All right? These folks show up and want free food. However, they don't count all of the cost, the literal cost that's going in the ground. If you were to use fertilizer, that's a cost. If you don't own a tractor and somebody plows for you, that's a cost. If you have to buy the seeds because you didn't have bank the seeds or your seeds from the previous year did not hold up, you have to buy seeds. That's a cost. If you have to end up using water from what we call city water because you don't have enough rainwater to cover an entire one acre or more plot of land, then that's a cost. So... People don't look at that and say, oh, I ought to pay you for it. They just feel like they see you getting it out the field, and they feel you're getting it for free, 
Well, no, because there's some sweat equity at a minimum that's already been also planted with each and every seed, but there's also this financial aspect. So when we start talking about the eradication of poverty, people who are impoverished generally are not going to have the means and probably don't own land to be able to actually farm on, even if they had seeds to put in it. If someone gave them seeds or someone gave them tools, even hand tools like a plow or something that they could use with their hands, like a, a hoe and so on, to actually make trenches in the field to plant the seeds, that does not mean that they're going to be able to do it if they don't have the land to do it on. So if someone had to lease land, we go back to another economic cost. So when we talk about the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty, and your mind might immediately say, well, if World Food Day was the day before it, how come World Food Day didn't just feed everybody and then we eliminate poverty? Poverty is not just food. It's also economic. So we go before that to this International Day for Rural Women. And with rural women, as was stated at the U.N. time and time again, is that the role of women in rural development, food production, and poverty eradication is major. It's central because the mother is the one that takes care of the child. The mother is the one that takes care of the household. The mother is the one that takes care of the family. Therefore, the village is taken care of. They say when you educate a girl, you can educate an entire village. So you'd educate a community. And so the thing is, you have women that will then nest more and stay in a particular place, not be as likely um, to always want to pick up and move somewhere. At some point, they will want to nest, especially with their children. So at that point, you know that you have something more sustainable. So therefore, many countries, many ethnic groups decide if they're going to invest, if there's a choice in education, even in different parts of Africa, they would educate a girl first because of this, and then you have the other tunnel societies who they feel like you should keep your women ignorant, and so then they don't want to educate girls. So you have a conflict there that ends up leaving many women in the world at a point where they are in poverty, thereby their children end up in poverty. So we have a situation where all of these topics are tied together, where the International Day for Rural Women the World Food Day and the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty come together. And so from October 15th through the 17th, these were acknowledged. And really starting off because myself, I am a rural woman, okay? I still farm. Now, I thought it was interesting when I saw an image, one of these information images that we put all over Facebook, and it said, if women farmers had the same access to tools and credit, there would be up to 150 million fewer hungry people. I'm going to say it again. If women farmers had the same access to tools and credit, there would be up to 150 million fewer hungry people. Now, keep in mind, we're not talking about urbanized women. We're not talking about westernized women. We're talking about rural women around the world that they're referring to here. So if you have women in rural areas who are farming land, many of them would farm more or be able to feed even more people globally if they were not being blocked access. 
So this access to tools and credit usually is part of that power struggle and dynamic about education. It's also uh, an issue of gender discrimination that still exists in the world. Even in Western societies, especially the United States is a good example, women did not make the same dollar that men make. Women make half of what men make for the same job, same educational level, can graduate from the same college. And sometimes the women graduated with higher, higher GPAs than the men and still get paid less simply because of their gender. So in the black communities, then that issue is even more pronounced of the discrimination by race and by gender and then the lack of the same value for the same job where you get paid a great deal less. And we could go on about that topic on another night because there have been a number of reports in regard to wealth building or the lack thereof amongst black women in the USA. But now when we start to talk about rural women, I wanted to especially focus on one of the things that was put up by UN Women, the United Nations Entity for Gender Equality and the Empowerment of Women. And I want to quote, rural women are key agents for development. They play a catalytic role toward achievement of transformational economic, environmental, and social changes required for sustainable development. But limited access to credit, health care, and education are among the many challenges they face. These are further aggravated by the global food and economic crises and climate change. Empowering them is essential, not only for the well-being of individuals, families, and rural communities, but also for overall economic productivity given women's large presence in the agricultural workforce worldwide, end quote. So now it comes a point where women have to fully engage in leadership and they have to shape policies and programs that focus on women, especially women with children. And that is the only way to combat some of these issues that they're talking about. Because even within the climate change discussion, it has absolutely amazed me how many women are truly focused on this issue with passion, with their true heart in the issue, wanting to save the environment because they want to have a healthy world for the future generations of children, their own children and the children of others, and wherein it's being ignored by others because it's not seen necessarily as a money-making issue for them. So it's been very interesting seeing how many women are really, really engaged in some of these issues but don't get the forefront seat or don't get the newspaper articles or don't get the interviews around the work that they do. But yet women play a major role in food production around the world. So when we're talking about this, the FAO of the UN, all right, the Food and Agricultural Organization, estimates that if women farmers, 43% of the agricultural labor force in developing countries, had the same access as men, agricultural output in 34 developing countries would rise by an estimated average of up to 4%. This could reduce the number of undernourished people in those countries by as much as 17%, translating to that 150 million fewer hungry people that we mentioned earlier. Now, you might say 4% don't sound like much, but you talk about 4% of all the world. 17% don't sound like much. 
think of all the world. 17% of people undernourished, undernourished. So now we're talking about you're getting a certain amount of food, but not enough food to fully sustain your health, which then leads to why all the other needs for medical care and the like. Now, if you grew up on the Sea Island, you know that most of our medical care had to do with herbology. Most of it has to do with healing herbs and knowing what herbs, what bark, what seeds, what fruit, what types of things to eat at what time, what type you can make a poultice with, what hind hunter can make a salve with, and these kinds of things, and then to know where to get them, where are they located, how to identify them. Well, that's still a big part of our culture. But what has come in is that people who are not Gullah Geechee because they're afraid of bugs, which bugs also contribute to the process, actually, of how food gets generated naturally. But here it is. They come in and they spray chemicals overhead. They spray chemicals by trucks traveling down streets and roads. And these clouds of chemicals have not only then killed bugs, but have also killed a great deal of the herbs and other vegetation that we survived on for many generations. So now it's like a major discovery, like finding a treasure chest when you find some of our natural herbs growing. I remember raking our site for our Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition Research and Retreat Center and raking these leaves that hadn't been raked in months, and, and they were just piled in layers, and raking the leaves back, I said, wait a minute, and, and this herb here? And I kept raking, and there was another one next to it. And so I immediately called my mother over, and she immediately said, yep, you're right, that's such and such. So here it is that these herbs are growing underneath these piles of leaves. And then once we actually expose them to the sun, and because of drought, then they started to dry up, but at least they had already grown where we could harvest it and we could dry it and we can later use those. We also have other herbs where grass was not cut on one of the properties and it started to grow up as a lot of elders like to see into a wool field. Well, after it started to do that, here was another healing herb that people are looking for growing all over the place. We were able to harvest all of that before we had the brothers come in and then bush hog it and cut it down back into the perfectly coiffed lawn. So there are some of the Western techniques that have come into our community in the Gullah Geechee Nation that have not benefited us but actually taken away from our health and led to some of the poverty, led to some of the illnesses, led to some of the loss that we have suffered as a cultural group. And so... It's critical that when these types of international issues are on the table, these types of things are being discussed, that we continue to make sure that the Gullah Geechee voice is stated, that the Gullah Geechee aspect is given and there's input from us and what we are doing. And definitely if some of you want to see some of the other work that women are doing around the world that are also other rural women, you have UN women in Africa, you have women from Guatemala and other places that are truly claiming their space, that are doing everything from poultry farming to, you know, raising their own food daily. I would definitely recommend that you go over to unwomen.org, unwomen.org, and then check out 
some of the things that they have there about the role of women in rural development, food production, and poverty eradication. Now, when you want to eradicate something, you want to get rid of it all together, right? So here we go with the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. Now, that is an overwhelming task when you still have greed in the world. Let's just face that reality. But we have to start somewhere. So if each one would give something to help the other, we could still at least make some progress. So each year on October the 17th, the U.N., commemorates the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. And so the quote this year from Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, in his message for that day, he stated, if we are to realize the future we want for all, we must hear and heed the calls of the marginalized. Together, we can build a sustainable world of prosperity and peace, justice and equity, a life of dignity for, end quote. So when we start talking about a sustainable world of prosperity and peace, everyone should be able to prosper and be blessed at all times, no matter what country they're from, no matter what culture they're from. But it will take all of us in the world to work toward this so that there is a life of dignity for all. Many times when we're in urban environments and we look around, we see that there's a homeless population and Nowadays, I understand where people are concerned about opening your wallet to give money or wondering where your money might go if you give it. Well, my thing is just give freely. If you are giving of the right heart and mind and you are giving because someone says they do need food, then it's not on you what happens to it afterward. If they lie, the lie is not on you. The lie is on them. Now, my thing is in many cities we've seen homeless people And I will just go in a restaurant and buy food, bring it out, and give it to them. Now, I have never had anybody tell me I don't want this food or who asked you for the food. I want money. I've never had that happen. And so anytime we've given food, folks say thank you very much. So we've seen people laying there on the sidewalk, sitting on the sidewalk, not even with a sign, a cup, or anything out. But so if your spirit tells you, that this person needs to eat. Why not give them something? Don't wait till October 17th next year. Don't say, oh, I wish I had known. I would have done something last week. you got plenty of opportunities every day. Even if you go to help at a food bank and help either contribute by donating food there or giving of your service and time to help pack bags and boxes, to help to give to people who come to those food banks, to actually get the food. And we do have what's called a low country food bank that has helped serve a lot of people. And we've seen during the United States recession, which I still call depression, happening that many of the food banks and food services have closed down. Their shelves have gone bare. But when the news media will come out and show that the shelves are about to go bare or that doors could potentially close, people then want to rush and do something. Well, that's being reactionary. Let's become proactive and make this a situation where we make it not just a day of commemoration or a day to acknowledge, oh, yeah, oh, wow, there's poverty in the world. Oh, somebody hungry. Maybe I should give somebody a service soup line today. Or, no, I don't do that till Thanksgiving. Or I do that during the Christmas time. I always give something to the homeless and the people who are hungry. No, 
let's do this all year. People cannot live all year off of one bag or one box of food. And so plenty of us have more than we could ever eat, more than we could ever need in our homes, in our pantries, in the car house, our doors, and things like that. So you can definitely afford to give something to somebody else. And where you might say, well, I can only give two or three of my canned goods away because I might need the rest. Well, that's fine. Those two or three canned goods might be the difference between someone actually living or dying from hunger. So just consider that. Keep that in mind. And so when we start to talk again about the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, the FAO, the Food and Agricultural Organization, when we start talking about the work that they do, they do things for sustainable food systems throughout the year. That's their focus, global sustainable food systems, so things that deal with our waterways and our harvesting as well as with the fields and with the agriculture and the harvesting from there. So this year, World Food Day on the 16th of October focused on healthy people depend on healthy food systems, all right? So when they talked about healthy people depend on healthy food systems, the theme came forward as sustainable food systems for food security and nutrition. Now, nutrition, most people hear about this all the time. You hear about it on television shows now. You heard about it in school as you were growing up, about eating in a nutritious way, that you shouldn't eat a lot of junk food, that you need to eat live food, you need to eat your vegetables, you need to have a balanced diet. We hear of all these things because your vitamins come from the food you eat, okay? Foods can kill and food can heal, but if you have it in the right proportion, you should have food that can sustain you and keep your body healthy and alive so you can work, so you can farm, so you can take care of your family, so that you can be economically empowered and you can sustain your land and your culture. Well, when we talk about food systems and food security, food security is a major issue in the world nowadays because we have issues where water is the new gold, where in some places there are battles over the water rights, very similar to mineral rights in some places. There are now battles over water rights. It's now illegal in some places to even catch rainwater and use barrels of rainwater to do things around your yard or even on your farm or in your field. We also have a situation where if there's too much drought, you're not going to catch as much seafood as you once had, or the seafood may be harmful to your health, like in the case of shellfish. And we just recently had a shellfish scare in South Carolina because vibrios were found in the shellfish, in the oysters. And so this was because there were people that had eaten raw or half-cooked oysters. Do not, listen to me again, do not, if you live in the Gullah Geechee Nation, go around oysters on the half shell, which means they're raw. You need to cook oysters fully. That's why most Gullah Geechee's roast oysters. And you will notice that once they're roasted, some of them are roasted so much you don't even see any liquid left in them. They're cooked to a certain temperature in order to kill any particular bacteria, any types of vibrios, anything that could be harmful to the human health. 
You have to cook them fully. If you do not, if you eat raw seafood, you increase the possibilities that you are going to have these different types of seafood sicknesses arise. And so once again, to keep your food secure, you have to keep the places in which these foods come from healthy. And in order to keep them healthy, you must sustain their natural environment. So there's a certain way in which each and every creature out there in the water lives in balance. And these are some of the things that our elder mothers, our ancestors taught us. They taught us that there was always the same way the Bible does. There's seed time and harvest time. There's certain seasons that you harvest certain types of fish, especially shellfish, and there are certain seasons when you simply do not, not only so that they can reproduce, but so that you also keep a balance within the ecology of the environment. So we have marshland all around us, and we live in the ocean. The acidification of the ocean now starts to destabilize that environment. These are things that need to concern us, which leads us back to the term I used earlier, climate change. Climate change is now being coupled with a couple other words, resilience, and it's being coupled with sea level rise. And so when we talk about sea level rise, why is the sea level rising, people will want to know. Well, we literally see it happening here because our spring tides and our flood tides are much higher than they once were. And roads that weren't getting covered up because they had been built up higher now are getting covered again on certain types of tides. And I know Charleston, y'all are like, oh, all we need is to look at the water and it seems like everything floods downtown Charleston. And so just from high tides last week, we had flooding in downtown Charleston and other areas of Charleston County. So flash floods are another whole issue and dynamic that we deal with here. So we continue to have a situation where we have acidification of the ocean, then we have ice caps melting, then these ice caps eventually are bringing more and more of this fresh water and water into these other bodies of water, we then have a higher point where the water is. We are called the low country because we already are technically below sea level. So it doesn't take a whole lot for the water to come up onto the land. We also then have where there are freshwater inlets where there's saltwater intrusion. So now you end up with brackish water where it never was. There's certain types of water creatures, they have to be in salt water. There's other kinds have to be in fresh water. There's some that kind of like brackish water. But now you're not going to have the same creatures if you end up with too much salt entering where the fresh is and vice versa. So these are dynamics that are critical to, again, sustaining the environment, sustaining where the food source is, and all of this goes to our food security. So a lot of those old terms, the like big fish, the nyampa, and the leaf fish, and things like that, come to mind often for me when I start to look at the political aspects that go along with these particular things that we're talking about here tonight, about sustainable food systems and food security and the ability for rural women to continue to feed their families. Because with all of these things like genetically modified organisms as seeds that are coming out with situations where people have been displaced from land or they have been put into areas that have been rezoned 
where they're no longer zoned, where they can have commercial land or family compounds, where they can grow food. This then destabilizes the ability for rural women to be able to feed their families. So it is critical that we continue here in the Gullah Geechee Nation to not just acknowledge these international days when they come around, like World Food Day or the International Day to Eradicate Poverty or the International Day for Rural Women, but that we begin, especially the women, especially the rural women, to not only continue, or if you say, well, I can't continue, not now I never started, or to learn how to farm our land, learn how to once again heal with herbs if you've forgotten and how to identify those, make sure that we have healthy families because the more healthy our families are, the more likely we'll be able to sustain our culture. The strength of a nation comes from the people within it. So we cannot have the Gullah Geechee Nation be weak. So we need to continue to be able to pick up where our elders and our ancestors have left off, where we are able to get up early and get to work and be able to get work done not only in yards with perfectly coiffed lawns, as I mentioned earlier, but to actually get out there in those overgrowth areas, go out on walks in the wilderness, be able to identify with some of the elders what some of the cooking herbs even are that are out there, some of the healing herbs that are out there, and then also be able to farm your land, to be able to clear plots of land and be able to plant something for yourself. Now, I know if you ain't never planted nothing before, you might not have anything to grow, but start off slowly. If you plant one row, plant a little bit of each thing that you think you would love to eat, and then see how you fare. And you can nowadays go on the Internet and learn how to plant anything at any time and know what it takes, how to water it, and so on. So these are things that in the rural community we take for granted because many of us, just like I was talking to another person who actually interviewed me for her show today, we were talking about the fact that she grew up in southern Georgia, I grew up here on St. Helena Island, putting things in jars and putting them away while the season, the harvest season is on, is what we grew up doing. So other people who are around us in cities, when we're talking about it, they look at us like, what are you talking about or how do you do that? And so these are things that we both, I said to her, well, we take it for granted because we grew up doing it. And she said, yeah, I guess so. But she was very shocked and amazed that her friends weren't aware of how to do this. And so, you know, her friends at the current time, and many of them weren't aware, and so she said that she even was telling somebody she was creaming corn. I said, and they said, you did bodies in a can, right? And she looked at me like, yeah, you know, but she was not happy to say that. But here it is, this dialogue today was critical to even this discussion here tonight about rural women and our lifestyle and what it takes to sustain and maintain that lifestyle in such a way that we can then feed our families. And many rural women got away from farming because they didn't have anyone else at the household anymore to assist them. So they had to go out away from home and find work. Now, if I'm listening to some of the older women, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling in my spirit you saying right now, and so what? I worked outside the house, and then I came back home and harvested food out my field. And that has been a lifestyle for many people 
on the sea islands. Many Gullah Geechee women had their own fields, and they went and did day's work, as they would say. They worked at somebody else's house cooking, cleaning, doing things like that, or they worked on some other job that would, quote-unquote, hire women, that would allow women to work there, quote-unquote, and then they also had to continue to be able to feed their family because that little bit of change they were making outside the house had to go for non-edible goods, clothing, for instance, had to go to land taxes, for instance. So these are things that are critical when we start talking about the Gullah Geechee Oman feeding the family. When we start to talk about celebrating or commemorating a day for rural women, we need to also help environments remain rural. This is the kind of work that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition does every single day, every day. And we've been in existence since 1996. Large parts of the Gullah Geechee Nation are still rural areas. The rural nature of our environment is help, helps to feed the continuation of Gullah Geechee culture. It seeds it, it's soil in which it grows. And so that is why it's so critical for us to continue to not clear-cut trees, to continue to teach our children how to go out in the field, to teach our children how to go out to the creek and gather meals from there, but also know what to put back and what to bring up from the waterways. It is critical that we fight for things like the angel oak tree that have been a blessing to our environment. It is critical that we support people and support organizations that are fighting to help people pay land taxes and so that people don't get displaced by taxation. You all have heard me on two or three broadcasts ago discussing the current situation with Gullah Geechee land ownership and the fact that we are fighting daily to continue to own and maintain the ownership of our land, and that comes through helping us not only to continue to teach people about their land rights and the human rights on the land, but also to help people understand even like the current reassessments of their land and how to combat that, how to appeal that throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation, not in any one place. Last Saturday was the celebration of Sofalo Island Cultural Day, and I pray that many of you who were able to attend made donations to Psychos, made donations into the funds that they have for legal work and other things to continue this reassessment down there and this retaxation down there, but you need to support the efforts of Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition and other entities that have been fighting for land for the entire Gullah Geechee Nation and not just one island or one area. And this is ongoing. We don't just simply stop because, oh, the tax bill is out, so oh, we wait till the next go-round. No, this is ongoing. And so even now, our Gullah Geechee Facebook fans, we want to thank all of you who thought it not robbery to go ahead and contribute to the Gullah Geechee Gold Souls online campaign for our land and legacy fund. We are still we are still pushing toward the mark. We are still short of our goal in that fundraiser. So please, if you are listening, go to the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page. On the cover of that page, you'll see a gold box that says give. 
Once you click on the Give box, you will see our fundraising effort open up the Gullah Geechee Gold Souls campaign, and you can donate through that link. You can also always email G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com, GoGeeko at AOL.com, which is the email address to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. If you'd like to get a mailing address, to, to direct mail to send in a check, and we truly appreciate those who chose to go that route because then there are no PayPal fees or anything taken out of any of the donations. And several people this year have said, no, I want to contribute, but I want to mail it in because I don't want anything deducted. I'm not paying to the bank. I want to bank in the land like a potato bank and help you all to be able to feed and sustain yourselves and remain there because this culture is such a blessing to us that you all continue to have your land. So definitely want to thank all of you. And you can also become a dues fan member of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition and we want as many members as possible around the world to be an active part of the work we're doing. And you can email us once again for membership application to G-U-L-L, G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. Now, over the many years that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition has been in existence, our headquarters is on St. Helena Island, which is largely a rural community. And we have a cultural protection overlay district on St. Helena Island that myself and many others that have now crossed over into the realm of the ancestors, God bless the dead, fought for in order to ensure that the Beaufort County Zoning District Standard Ordinance the ZDSO, would contain segments that would address, acknowledge, protect the Gullah Geechee history, heritage, and culture. And the only way to protect it is by keeping our land at family compound, open space, these various terms that have been utilized. But definitely to do that, there had to be a districting, a district standard. And so we have the Cultural Protection Overlay District, which has allowed us to continue to keep rural land available for farming. So you find many Gullah Geechee women on St. Helena Island that still farm their food. And if you want to have an opportunity, because many of y'all email and many of you hit us up on Facebook and many more of you, and I want to thank y'all with Twitter because we are just about a 1,000 strong now on Twitter. I appreciate y'all who are following us at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, and Gullah, G-U-L-L-A-H, Geechee, G-E-E-C-H-E-E, at Gullah Geechee on Twitter. Truly appreciate all of you who are following us, who are tweeting, who are giving those retweets every day of the various activities and the various things that we are posting because many of you have now seen that we are leading up to our Heritage Day celebration on St. Helena Island, which is held at Penn Center, which used to be Penn School. And Penn was the first normal trade and agricultural school for freedmen. So once again, we talk about the land. A great deal of agricultural work and how to improve on your agriculture was taught at the Penn School, which went to becoming Penn Community Services and then is now Penn Center Incorporated. Well, each year as we lead up to the Veterans Day, that Thursday prior is the day that we launch Heritage Day Celebration. So Heritage Day Celebration goes this year from November 7th through the 9th here on St. Helena Island. Why did I mention that's a good place for you to journey to if I was talking about agriculture? Not just to come to the school to see the images of our ancestors, especially the women 
who were in the fields that worked on their own land, and then the students who came there to the school and worked many of the land. And Penn now has 500 acres of land, and the campus itself, that most tourists see, is 50 acres of land. Not only because of that, but because on the Saturday of Heritage Day celebration, right after our huge parade goes down Highway 21, turns on Dr. Martin Luther King Drive, which used to be Lands End Road, and comes down to the Penn campus, when you arrive there, you will see sugar cane, you will see sweet potatoes, you will see jarred food, like I say, preserved food. You will see a number of things that have all been harvested by women here and by women and their families so that you can come with on a shiny thing and thing like that. Forget plenty for nam fun for cat back home. So you can definitely come out here, buy your fresh greens, buy your sweet potatoes, buy your sugar cane, and get your jarred food with the okra and meadows and things already in the jar and everything, and be able to take this back home. But you would also have an opportunity to dialogue with these rural women to know how we're doing it yet today, where so much around us is being suburbanized and urbanized, or so many people have told many of us to go up to the city. Don't be surprised when people tell you, I used to live in the city and I done retired and moved back home, and this is what I do as I farm. I went back to old landmark. I had to do the thing with my great granddaddy and my great grandma and all the other rest of the people that lawn me with and we've been a leecher. And so folks have come back to their roots and you will see the fruit in front of your face for real when you come out to the Heritage Days celebration this year. So we have some major things that are coming up that allow you opportunities to actually engage with our community here in the Gullah Geechee Nation to realize how on a daily basis we are trying to sustain our food source and keep our food security and also keep our land, which is what for every day I take a stand, and keeping our Gullah Geechee legacy alive on this land. And so we definitely need your support. We want to see you at the Angel Oak Tree on Johns Island the first Sunday in November, all right, the first Sunday in November of this year, from 1 to 5 p.m., you can bring a covered dish, or if you don't cook well, go on, bring some sweet tea, a lemonade or something, big old coolers of it, so that we have things to share as we fellowship together. Then we want you to come on down to St. Helena Island in Beaufort County, South Carolina, from the 7th through the 9th, actually the 7th through the 10th, because we want you to worship at the churches on the Sunday and give thanks for all the blessings that we have had and been able to hold on to throughout all these different celebrations. And then we'll be, of course, going on forward into the time for Gee Tanks with the rest of the country and things like that, and what are going on across the U.S. with Thanksgiving, because we know that that is the time the family all comes together here once again. And what do we come to do? Eat. But don't you want to eat that which is healthy? So we don't eradicate poverty by eating garbage. In the computer science world, it's called GIGO, because garbage in, garbage out. So we definitely want healthy, sustainable things going in, and then we have healthy, sustainable things coming out, not only in terms of what we're planting in the field and harvesting, and the soil, I mean, but also in the field of our hearts and in our minds, so that this way we have a proper, healthy harvest coming out. And so that this will be the things we speak, 
these will be the things that we live, and this will be the things that we see, and then we know that we chillin'. Why I understand how to feed the aunt family. When we in the day, they no more. We done learn the chillin' what to do. They say, when it's up while young, and then they go, I know how to go through. So they always let us know. Even the Bible tells you to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And when they grow older, they should not depart from it. And so I give thanks tonight for my family, especially the women on both sides, that continue to farm, continue to use herbal healing, and continue to teach us how to feed our own families from the soil to the pot to be able to cook the food also once it was harvested and brought into the house, to know exactly how to prepare it and prepare it in a way that's healthy for you and for your family. So we definitely want you all to continue to stay strong and to continue to hold up one another because we believe empty sack can't stand upright long. And so I pray tonight that I've given you some things that you can take back and that will be seeds that you can plant and that you can also go to those roots of your family tree and begin a healing process. That's one of must take care of the root for heal the tree. And so I'm looking for you all to join me at the Angel Oak Tree on Sunday, the first Sunday in November. I'm looking for you then to stick around, go journey around the different towns throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation between Charleston County and Beaufort because you got Sunday, November the 3rd, that we will be at Johns Island from 1 to 5, and then you have the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th where you got plenty of time to go tour and travel and see a whole bunch of other Gullah Geechee historic sites and then arrive at the historic Penn Center on Thursday, November the 7th, and stick around on St. Helena Island all the way through to November the 10th so that you can be a part of each and every activity. And so definitely coming up on the broadcast next, we will have an opportunity to share the highlights of Heritage Days with you so you can plan accordingly. But I can tell Hunter Chillin' right now, it won't be a time to walk here and put on a dancing and on a shouting shoe. <laughs> We're going to show you what to do. But sure, we got these celebrations on the way, and we are looking forward to you being here with us at the Angel Oak Tree and then at Heritage Day. And if you are a Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan, you know that we have a number of activities already posted up there. Please share those with your folks who are friends and fans on Facebook. And if you are on Twitter, you've gotten those links as well, and we will continue to tweet more to you. Again, we are at Gullah Geechee on Twitter. We are Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook. And if you want to follow our blog, go to www.gullahgeechination.com. www.gullahgeechination.com. And with this broadcast, you can always download these episodes from iTunes for free. You can also subscribe to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio on iTunes. Our website, blogtalkradio.com slash G-U-L-L-A-H. G-E-E-C-H-E-E, that's slash, not dash, blogtalkradio.com slash Gullah Geechee. And you can listen to our archives, and you can hear previous shows. 
some of the ones that I mentioned. You can tweet those. You can embed them. You can share them. You can post them on your blog. And then you can also go to iTunes and download any of those to your iPads, your iPods, or wherever, your cell phone, and so forth, and tune in and share the show and the broadcast. And so we are still standing it is such a blessing to have all of these great things happening all simultaneously here in this land where we to be. And you know, say, we be Gullagichi, anointed black gold. So always go to www.gullagichi.net if you're interested in more work by the Gullagichi Sea Island Coalition that sponsors this broadcast every week. And you can also, again, become a dues paying member and supporter of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, just email us to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com, GullGeeko at AmericaOnline.com. And we look forward to seeing you here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, not just when we have these international days, but each and any day. Hona can come young for join we, Ponesia Islands in the sea, where we don't know just who we be. Black Gola United and Kalagichi. So glad for be free. So I glad this evening, this evening, that Hana Chillan, to tune in one more again and join me on this year show. We show Kalagichi Rhythm Radio. This year the Queen Quet head from the body of the Kalagichi Nation. So glad for keep on hosting this year radio station. And you know, Chillan, that after all this woman done say so, all oh, Chillan. It's time for we go. But you know one thing? Hunter chillin', take them slow. And God bless you, y'all, for Hunter journey. And for this evening, thank you, thank you. Peace and blessing.